Welcome back to the Information Entry Podcast with me, your host, and also Tom. Hello. He's our sub host. Well, no, we're equal. Wow. Equal, equal in hosting. Uh, this week, we're tackling one of the most primal and pervasive emotions that we as humans experience. It's fear. Whether it's fear in the unknown, fear of failure, fear of something more tangible like spiders or heights or fear always has a profound impact on our lives in this episode we'll explore kind of well the evolutionary roots of fear how it's helped us survive as a species we'll also delve into a bit of the science of fear and looking ways in which our brains and bodies react to scary situations so strap in enjoy the next hour or so uh and enjoy the podcast i haven't got any of the connecting things ready so if you're listening and you want to <laughs> connect to us on any of the socials we'll do that at the end this week it's been it's been a long week for me. Just uh, <laughs> information entry pod, you'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. Just, just any any of like I don't know why we, we we type it out so like specifically. If you just go if you're like on Instagram and you put information entropy, it doesn't even have to be the actual tag. You'll find us. Information awesome entropy weed podcast. store. I found we're there. out on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, we keep getting tagged in some weird weird things. Um, we got um, we got published. Like someone did a paid promotion and tagged us instead of whoever they were trying to tag. <laughs> so for a good week, we were like shown to thousands of people, but under the guise of we were selling weed. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I couldn't help people <laughs> with that, those messages, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we should have done an episode on weed. Yeah. Maybe we'll do oh, we that. Did, we did drugs. We did drugs. Oh, We've that's done true. Drugs. Yeah. We've done drugs. Then look at being like the, pro- the proper drugs. The, the, the proper drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the ones that people are more likely to take on a day-to-day basis. <sighs> well, I don't know. I'd say weed's pretty, pretty much up there. Day-to-day. Uh, less than the UK, mate. It's still illegal here. That, uh, barely. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should walk around mate, Scotland heard, for 10 minutes, mate. I heard you could OD on one marijuana. So, oh, it's at least 1.5 marijuanas. <laughs> is it? Is it, yeah. has it gone up? Yeah. Okay. Are they watering it down now? Is that why it's 1.5? No, okay. I think just everyone smokes it around here. Everyone's got a tolerance. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you just, you just university towns. And build it up. Well, and it's even always not. the university. Uh, yeah, that's true. Because I remember, yeah. like, when he's <laughs> being in Bournemouth for university, and being like, I'm going to go for some fresh air down the beach. Wouldn't even need to smoke myself because every other person <laughs> on that beach will be smoking weed. Yeah. Um, Love a good second hand high. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> derailed immediately. How are you? Oh, immediately. I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Delirious this morning. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I yeah. mean, we're recording in the morning as opposed to in our evening slots. It always changes the dynamic of the podcast it does uh, sometimes for the better sometimes maybe for the worse. i guess we'll find out <laughs> in the next hour or so uh it doesn't yeah. help that i've been slingshotting around and throwing our schedule off track uh yes more than normal or is uh, consistency one more slingshot and then more. more what do you call it regulation shall return scheduled uh, consistency, uh, just any of the words, Tom. Yeah, any of the words. You could, there's, there's, there's so many words you could pick. Um, and I picked right. the worst one. <laughs> yes. So this week uh, I'm on the news. Bit of news. Uh, uh, the news, sciencey news, which I went for like a sad uh, global warming slash pollution news. Okay. Uh, which I found I found both interesting and kind of like really obvious and i know why people are surprised so the news is that as the arctic's icebound ground warms it may be unleashing toxic substances across the region uh so by the end of this century the thaw threatens to destabilize facilities at more than 2000 industrial sites such as mines and pipelines and further compromise more than 5000 already contaminated areas researchers reported back at the end of last month uh, in the Nature Communications. So what essentially is happening is there's permafrost in the soil around the area. Uh, if you didn't know, well, permafrost just is... even is, in, the, in the, the actual ice itself, right, in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's permafrost in the Arctic. Uh, is any soil or sediment or rock that remains frozen for at least two years is classified as permafrost. That is the definition. Um, 
and step onto the ground in any in Antarctica, chances are that permafrost lies underfoot. And for decades, people have treated the frozen earth as like staunch and largely mobile, and industries um, and infrastructures essentially like built themselves there. Right. And any like sludge or refuge that has like run off from any of the plants have frozen because it's permafrost. It will, it will eventually just freeze. Um, if you didn't know, permafrost is also used to store radioactive waste. What's happening now is because the Arctic is warming and that permafrost is melting, all the crap <laughs> that was frozen in said permafrost is now melting. And then that's like running off into different areas and contaminating it. Oh, that's pretty sad. And this is like back when there were little regulations as well. So that's like yeah, this proper is, yeah, toxic. Okay, so today... To, still to this day, there is no international regulations that mandate industries in the Arctic to document the substances they use or store and what happens to them. There's no regulations whatsoever. Yeah, it's really one of those zones uh, where the, like, the political ownership or lack thereof is... is so it's interesting. Uh, I was looking at this the other day. I think it was at the, the conference I was at. Um, and basically, the the northern bordering countries canada russia greenland each mm -hmm. have designated zones within the arctic circle that they are responsible for search and rescue yet they don't technically own that land they each kind of okay. like claim it is theirs right and they're like oh this is ours but it's not particularly internationally recognized however they are responsible for search and rescue and like there's the northern borders are heavily disputed and okay they're drawn on a map but that's not what each country would say they are um so maybe that's why because each country kind of wants ownership but doesn't want responsibility there's just no treaty up there to for, for that for documenting the yeah. substances they're using maybe pretty wild pretty Wild, wild, wild indeed. Yep. So that's that's the the sad news of this morning. Yes, yeah. people can't decide who owns it. So because no one owns it, there's no regulations. And how do you enforce regulations in an area that you don't know who the owner is? Pirates, pirating, Pirates. It's like the sea. Well, we got past the sea thing, so I don't really know. I reckon um, we'll come back around. I mean, once the ice melts in the Arctic, it's just going to be pirate haven, ice pirates. Ice pirates, wow. And yeah, then you get the Antarctic, and then obviously when we're in space, you get space pirates. Space pirates. Yeah. Um, oh, did you see? Tiny little news fact I won't go into detail with. Um, they managed to extract oxygen from lunar soil. Oh. Which uh, boosts plans for, you know, the whole moon base Artemis program thing. Oh, yeah, get them back. What? Because it's the, the whole idea is that you fire them to the moon and then use the fuel from the moon to then fire them on and fire them back. Yeah. And it means that you can you don't have to have as much weight in your rocket when you finally leave because you don't need to plan for exactly. the energy of coming back. Yeah. Also, you know, having oxygen is good for people who are there for oh, a long there's term. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But certainly dual, dual usage. If you can get a big mining operation going, um, then... Yeah, oxygen for fuel, oxygen for breathing. Um, but, you know, I wonder how long it would take for us to just, like, literally wear the moon away. Yeah, there's that. You can say the same thing with Earth, though, couldn't you? Well, that's true. We're doing, we're doing the same thing with Earth. Yeah, just stripping it bare. At least, I guess, the yeah. moon's already bare. <laughs> Does that make it any better? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Right. This week, fear. Yes. I don't know why oh, I said it in such a jolly, jolly yeah. way. Yeah. Um, maybe it makes any... it less scary. Maybe. Yeah. Doing like they have clowns. Yeah. That makes, makes it less, less scary. scary. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got any like phobias? Anything you want to Yeah, I picked, I picked out just some, some but like few, you, few. you, you in particular. Oh, me, you. Um, none that I, that I can never like pick out. Be like, 
Am I scared of spiders? I always Not associate really. you no. with the fear of, um, and it's completely irrational because you'll probably never face this in your life. But uh, swimming in space and the gravity turns off, like oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my book, wait, I do have like a small. Like, I think you probably remember more than I do of my small book of irrational fears. And it's just from that one movie with um, Passengers, is it? Chris Pratt and what's Jennifer her face? Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. And she's swimming and the, the gravity generator fails. And she's like, well, how do I get out of this one then? Um, that's not just used in uh, space. There's also like um, fantasy things where they can control water. Okay, yeah. And they put it, like, people put, it, put it around people's faces. And you're like, yeah. Oh. He's drowning. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, no, 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 like day-to-day ones. Yeah, that's I can fair. Think of. Like yeah. swimming in the sea doesn't really worry me too much. Um, heights, I'm fine with. Uh, spiders and snakes and things. Um, fine with. So, yeah, not like I'd say I think I'm of. fine with these things, but I'm wary of them. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's like I, and heights, I was going to say that as well. I didn't. <laughs> I used to be scared of heights, not so much anymore. So if I am somewhere high, I'm like, oh, this is a bit booky, but it's okay. It's like the when you have like the, the learn compared to innate fear, right? Where I feel like when you say you're aware of them, it's just like, and as you should be because they're dangerous. Yeah. Like, with, 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 with heights, yeah, you should be can like, you know, keeping an eye on it because it is potentially death. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. And like when I'm swimming on top of the sea, it's much better in not, the UK. Not in it. So you're not, you're not quite in the sea. Okay. Like well, you're on top of, there's like a layer <laughs> between you and the sea. I, I guess I'm floating on the sea. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, you're floating. <laughs> I don't know. Are you in like a balloon suit? No, I'm just, I'm just at the top floating, you know, floating you're, in. You're floating on the sea. Well, I okay. guess you, you could float in the sea at 10 meters depth, but you could float at the surface. You're still in the sea, mate. Okay, I'm floating in the sea at the surface. Uh, that is more scary to me than if I'm like scuba diving and at the bottom. Yeah, because it's it's like you can't. It's, not, it's like not knowing what's in the other side of a door. Yeah, I can talk myself out of it. Though. I'm just like, ah, oh, it's all right, isn't it? What's then, gonna happen? The whale's gonna swallow me, and then I'll be made into a book. Yeah, that's already been done. It's already been done, mate. It's already been done. Oh. Well, there we go. Now I'm not going to be able to talk myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to go down as a legend. Yeah, oh, I did dear. count some uh, some of some phobias. So did I. Like, yeah, the, the names. Uh, some of them were quite funny. Okay, but some of them I'm like, that's a pet peeve of mine, but it's not a phobia, right? Uh, Iraqi butyrophobia. <laughs> Just the fear of yeah. peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. And I was just like, I don't know how it's a phobia, because it's not like you can die from it. So what are you scared of? What if it's just one of those things that's kind of like annoying, and then the more you're in that situation, the more like anxiety it produces, and then the next time it happens, you just skip straight to panic attack. And then thus you have a fear of that happening. So I get what okay. you mean, like... Yeah, that's not really unless like you're just like oh this is going to dislodge at once and I'm going to choke on it. That <laughs> that's the only like thing I can think of as to why that would be a fear. Unless it's just unpleasant. If you're like super hypersensitive to touch in the mouth, you may not enjoy <laughs> way, that feeling. The way that you connect those words then just <laughs> was just weird. <laughs> I don't know what about it. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely correct. Like that, that should not have been a sentence that ever left my mouth. But that's that's how it came out. Morning yeah, shows. Yeah, <laughs> being touched in the mouth. Hypersensitive oh. to touch in the mouth. Oh, beautiful. Hey, yeah. That's um probably quote of the week. I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's true. Um. 
yeah that's different to a that's different to a phobia then that's just like yeah it's like hypersensitivity well yeah no for sure yeah trigger phobias i don't know that's fair that's fair uh like i I like some hypersensitivity to like um buzzy super loud noises not loud but like high-pitched i'm not saying as phobias to them oh like the the teenage deterrent systems uh no i'm fine with those it's more like electrical buzzings uh, like right. it's just like on the peripheral of what normal people be able to hear and i'm like i can hear that from a <laughs> like you know yeah. old tvs or crt monitors yeah and you can be like um i think when i was growing up my parents were like there's no way that was, like, he could do that but i was like oh they're, they're watching a tv in that room and they're like how do you know that i'm like because i can f- i can hear it it's buzzing not like i can hear it like <laughs> there's people talking on the tv but like the tv's turned on in another room because it would buzz. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the worst superpowers I've ever heard. Yeah. But you yeah. got it. There's also um <laughs> not not speaking on like indicators of a, a certain um ism, but uh not being able <laughs> to sleep in the same room as a analog clock. Oh, because of the ticking. Oh, the, mate, the ticking. Uh <laughs> Grace would always not tell me off, but be like, "Why is my, why is my clock in the, the underwear drawer?" <laughs> I'm like, "It's the only way I could get it to shut up." <laughs> I'll take the batteries out. That's one of those things uh, that no, really annoys me. Just wind up, mate. Well, what if like I do? Oh, can't can't wind unwind up. it. Yeah. Who's using wind up clocks? Hey, I'm saving the earth. Oh, I mean, yeah, fair play. You, you definitely should be doing that. I mean, yeah, good on you. Um, like, honestly, it hadn't crossed my mind that wind-up clocks existed. Yeah, they still do. We got one. Uh, oh. We used to have one in the, the, the kitchen. It was like massive. They must be super a, efficient a foot, now. Foot and a half. Yeah, because it uses you wind it up and then you you push the pendulum and the pendulum helps it go. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I'm not gonna get one. Because no. I don't like the the ticking, but <laughs> yeah, the ticking doesn't like absolutely nothing. Um, so... Great technology, though. Well done, those people who've been working on that. <laughs> oh dear, um, a, bit, a bit difficult to take the uh, the foot and a half clock off the wall and put it in a drawer, though. So <laughs> just take the pendulum out. <laughs> uh, right. What's, what's, one yeah. your, what's one of your fears? Um, one of your fears, but what are you, what are the, what are the that you've chosen? Pogonophobia. Pognophobia. Yeah, it's the fear of beards. Beards. That, I. You know what? I don't think that's too irrational, though. No, but because it's a bit you, like... you're more likely to have a bad experience with someone with a beard than peanut butter stuck and sticking top of top of your mouth. Are you? Yes. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, for sure. The the likelihood. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of a yeah. It's it's a lot higher for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a bit weird. Has that stemmed from like Santa Claus childhood fear? Bad more I just, Santa. I just, I just think men being call them call men menaces. But like, if you're going to talk about like what what could trigger a PTSD or an anxiety or a panic attack, if anybody had any sort of bad experience that would trigger that with someone that had a beard, anybody else's beard would also trigger it. Fair, fair. Or maybe if at least if it was a beard that resembled the beard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one. It, this is the, you probably picked this one as well at some point. It's the hippopotamonstrosequideliophobia. I did not. Oh, okay. Well, it's the fear of long words. Oh. Cool. Which is the, the person naming it was obviously <laughs> taking the absolute <laughs> make with it, yeah, because it is like one of the longest words. That, that's fair. Um, I wonder, like, how many people suffer from that? Uh, well, if you're if you live in Wales next to that train station, it sucks to be you. It sucks oh, to be you. I went to a conference in Banger uh, a couple of weeks ago. Banger, Banger, it's a great place. Uh, which is. <laughs> like uh five minutes away from that place which i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it ends in one of the students we were with 
during the lunch break, got on a train, went to that train station, took a picture with the sign, and then got a train back. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, be- living your best life doing that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well done, I am. Cool. Um, I got one. Yeah. And uh, this is one. a bit bit too real, maybe. Okay. But chronophobia. Uh, the fear of time, or at least the passage of it. Mm. It's like existential fear. I don't know. I don't know whether it's like, oh, that clock's ticking, which means time is going, which means I'm running out of time to do this thing, blah, 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 blah. Or it's more uh, existential, think, where it's like... You think a lot of students have got that? Oh, hundo. <laughs> that is my day-to-day yeah, worry. Day-to-day. Internal Ain't monologue got, is... Oh, look, time. I've only got this this much time left to do all of these things. It'll be fine. And then you start doing mm. one thing. You're like, oh, that took three days. Oh, no. Um, or whether it's the more existential, like, oh, my life's slipping away between my fingers. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, type thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, again, I'm just trying to keep this lighthearted in case anyone actually has chronophobia listening. And it is the existential <laughs> kind. Uh, I feel like the whole, oh, no, is a bit more placid. Easier to take. Yeah. <laughs> um, if anyone does have weird phobias, uh, I say weird, I don't mean to out you like that. Unusual <laughs> phobias, <laughs> uncommon phobias, hit us up at InfoEntropyPod or uh, Information Entry Pod. Let us know. We, we'd be mm. interested here and uh, we can give you a shout out. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. If yeah. you want to remain anonymous, when we give the shout out, it'd be like, just tell us. Yeah. Um, there's one that I've, I, I've, I found that is related to someone that probably does listen. Uh, and I said I was going to shout them out. Okay. Not specifically at them. But it's the ompophalophobia. Right. It's the, uh, the fear of belly buttons. Is that just like these things are kind of disgusting and unpleasant or is it a genuine fear? Um, like, could bring them to throw up. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, just touching with other people's or theirs. <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> really? I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Belly well, buttons, buttons are odd things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a strange one because some people out cannot. Out, I can understand not understand it because like when you put your belly button and like. There's like the nerves that we, we talked about it before, and I can't yeah. remember what it is, but like the nerves are connected like down into your body. So if you do poke it, it like is connected. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel weird. <laughs> so to this person who specifically listens, don't imagine. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's not imagining it. It's purely like physical, physical yeah, touch. That's fair. Which, you know, which is good because on a day to day, that's not going to hinder you in your life. But, uh, Oh, that's true. Yeah, imagine it was like a fear of someone touching your elbow. Yeah, or just seeing it because I think mean, like you just can't go on holiday because you mm. can you can go like beside a pool or like to the beach because there'll be people with their belly buttons out. What if and someone's then... got an outie as well? Yeah, that was yeah we talked about that. Outie outies, versus innie. Outies, innies. They're like the ones that are like uh, a line. Oh, what's yeah. that? Normally, it's like if they if you're quite uh, if you've got low body fat body fat percentage. It can like just turn into not an outie or an innie. They oh. can be like flat. Like an action man. <clears throat> yeah, you just turn into action man and have no penis. <laughs> just a flat it's line. Just a bump. <laughs> it's just a bump. <laughs> it's, just a pu- it's just a patch. <laughs> oh, dear me. Right, 25 minutes into the show. We're nearing the halfway what? mark. Yeah, what, what even is it? What even is fear at what this point? What even is fear at this point? Um, well, I can tell you. Fear is a complex emotion, involves a cascade of physiological and psychological responses, um, which involves the activation of the amygdala, which is a small almond-shaped structure located deep within the brain. Now, when someone senses or perceives a potential threat, such as loud noise, sudden movement, or one of these, let's say, phobias, irrational or rational, um the amygdala will send a signal to the hypothalamus, which activates the body's fight-or-flight response. This will take you back to GCSE 
biology. I don't know why we cover this so much, but I feel like the fight or flight response was a massive part of biology in school. Mm, yeah. Um, I guess it's a very good proxy for understanding like when you're scared, why you feel the way you do because adrenaline, other things, um, and then how the body works. Um, but essentially lots of drugs get released into your body adrenaline cortisol uh epinephrine if you're not uk based if you're american based i think that's what you call adrenaline um and yeah like also blows my mind just how quickly this happens like if you say there's a loud sound and then suddenly you know you're ready to go takes a couple of seconds for like adrenaline epinephrine to get all the way like around your body and start having an effect that's so quick like how in my head car back car back fires and i'm just ready to beat a man yeah really (laughs) i've seen it happen (laughs) um but in addition to the physiological responses fear also involves a cognitive and emotional component um which is like the appraisal of the threat so you can evaluate it what actions are required to stay safe and all of that is determined on like past experience uh, whether it's your own or someone else's um mm. or if you don't know what to do just panic <laughs> just panic just panic yeah. yeah there's nothing wrong with just panicking oh no absolutely not like and this is where things like anxiety panic attacks and you know chronic fear uh which mm-hmm. we'll i'll come on to maybe we'll come on to later if we have time um no wonder why it plagues people's lives it's such it must be such like a awful condition to and i mean i have like been anxious for multiple years of my life at points but it, there's no wonder why it affects you so much um but we'll come on to that later mm-hmm. for sure for sure Ooh. Sure. Yeah, right. Um, anything else to add to what fear is, could be, might be, wants um, to be? An irrational fear. Oh, yeah. Irrational. Phobia. That's the whole phobia thing. It's is not, it? Yeah, that's that's what... Oh, uh, an, okay. Yeah, it's not like uh, just an aggressive, elevated fear. It's an irrational fear. It's called a phobia. Ah, okay. So when people are like, I have a phobia of heights, what they actually mean is they have an irrational fear of heights in the sense it's because to me that's something as you mentioned earlier maybe you should be scared of a bit anyway because yeah. that makes sense I, I don't think but a phobia any... of it is like a elevated fear of it yeah which is a bit like <laughs> I don't say this makes you ridiculous or it ridiculous but you know when people are like just start crying <laughs> just at the thought of going to a high place right that's I think what the irrational section is. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, not that these people can control that, of course. No uh, conditioning. Yeah, they were conditioned. Like uh, our good friend Truman from the Truman Show. Oh yeah, he okay. was conditioned to stay in his little bubble. He was a bit of, nice bit of fear conditioning that. Yeah, because it's and they did it in in a really aggressive way as well. They just killed his father off. I mean, it works. It works. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there have been studies like that that have actually been done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess this kind of takes us into the whole learned innate kind of the fear stuff but um so there there was a map obviously you go back to the the 20s 30s 40s just zero kind of ethics no ethics ethics. (laughs) Uh, when it comes to animals yeah (laughs) i mean it's like tragic when you think about it because like we'd never be able to go back like we wouldn't want to go back and do these things but at the same time because these things were done it gives us such a good understanding now like really like the cornerstone of like how we understand emotion and psychology and fear comes from a lot of mm-hmm. these awful experiments. Um, and I wonder like how much would have like changed if we, we never did that, but they're, they're done. We can't go back and change it. 
we have the data. Um, but one of these specific experiments is called the Little Albert experiment and was based on classical, classical conditioning. It was done by John Watson in uh, 1920 with his assistant Rosalie Rayner at Johns Hopkins University. And basically what they wanted to understand was Pavlov had done his conditioning with the dogs, right? Yeah. Ring the bell for food and then eventually you can just ring the bell and they start salivating. Um, so they was like, oh, could we do this with fear? Yeah, well, why don't we test that? So what we're going to do is we're going to take a nine-month-old baby called Albert. Oh, um, we're yeah. going to show him a white rabbit uh, like a fluffy white rabbit it's not I don't I can't remember if it was a real one or a, like a toy and see if he's afraid of it he wasn't they showed him a few other similar objects like a rat a dog monkey um, he wasn't afraid of it so what they did was they started pairing the presentation of this white uh, rat rabbit thing with a loud noise now there I think there are videos of this uh, or at least there are pictures and they are horrifyingly scary even as for 20 standards but the loud noise wasn't just like a ah! it was they took two metal poles and some fully grown man just whacked them against each other as hard as he could right behind the baby as soon as it laid eyes on the rabbit they just kept doing that yeah um and of course that elicited the the fear response from the infant because it's a nine-month-old baby and for some reason there's a really loud noise going on right behind its head so after several pairings of the white rat and the loud noise albert began to show signs of fear in response to just the white rat alone demonstrating a conditioned fear response uh obviously because it wasn't the actual white rat that he's afraid of but the, the paired response but once transferred to the other the experiment also then found that albert's fear not only stayed with the white rat but generalized to other similar objects such as a white rabbit a white well, monkey a santa claus this, this... mask with cotton balls on it yeah because uh, babies can't really see that well can they uh you don't you don't fully develop your eyesight until because i thought that was the, the thing that like they don't have full eyesight until Later on. Um, oh, let me Google it. So a newborn, yeah, it's this. It's this. The, the Loza Institute did a, an image for it. I'll copy this and I'll send it to you. So uh, essentially, newborn, fuzzy, four weeks, slightly less fuzzy, eight weeks, slightly less fuzzy. It's not until six months in that they start to get like visual acuity to be able to tell what something is. Okay. Like, I fully understand why they would if it was young enough that they were trying to condition it. Well, this was nine months old, this child. Yeah. So, so it was beyond, like, it could probably make a good picture out of what was going on, I'd say, yeah. um, with a fair amount of detail, but it wasn't fully developed. The Eye Care Trust says a child's vision is fully developed by the age of eight. Yeah. Um, but going by these pictures, it's probably... Like, if you're squinting a little bit, you lose a bit of focus, but it's enough to still tell what the object is, I'd say. I don't know. Because at distance, and the color's different as well. Oh, but it was right in the child's, like, it was right in front no. of the child. Like, oh. it wasn't at distance or anything. They were just, like, put in the same cage. Mm. Um, so the experiment found the Abbott's fear generalized to other things, um, but they realized that actually what they did was quite bad so they never fully <laughs> uh like completed the follow-up so there's no record of whether albert's fear was ever extinguished or whether he did carry this irrational fear through his entire life um of course the ethical implications of this have been widely uh, criticized um <laughs> Um, but, you know, wonder not why. Surprised. Um, and there are also <laughs> some questions about the validity, but there always are because it was the 20s and psychology. Um, but essentially, it's not hard to kind of go, he wasn't afraid of this, and now he is because we were smacking things together. Um, yeah. 
But so for that reason, it's still a very important landmark in the history of psychology and, you know, it's our understanding of classical conditioning, behavior and uh, fear. But essentially it's saying, oh, look, you can become f- fearful of this one thing and then that can generalize to other things within uh-huh. the same category, right? Yeah. Um, I, re- I imagine that category is a lot broader if you're a child. It's like, right, if all it's- white fluffy things I'm, I'm scared of now. Whereas if you're an adult, you'd be like, okay, yeah. I'm very, only specifically scared of rabbits now. Do you know, we talked to that psychologist about the Jennifer Aniston cell to do with memories. Yeah, if it's related to, linked to that in the way that we... Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo. Uh, do you know what? I, I think one of his books turned up the other day. Um, uh, I wonder if it's like connected to that. So in, in that like the triangle as such, if one of the points in that triangle is linked to a the phobia... The triangle if, of if, what? If, Sorry, just for people who have no idea. Uh, uh, okay, so when, when you're like storing memories in your head about something, it, it was to do with like, you may associate Jennifer Aniston with like the Leaning Tower of Pisa because when you were there, there was something that happened that made you remember like both together. Oh, like so, associative memory. Yeah, the associative yeah. memory. So it's like there. So I'm wondering if, say you had a phobia that was for one thing, in that cluster, if you went and experienced another thing, if it was connected, Probably. that it would trigger it to a certain extent. I mean, evolutionarily, that would make sense, right? If your brain is like, okay, I'm going to stick like a fear tendril neuron into this cluster yeah. because yeah, there's one I mean, thing like, that scares me. The, the cluster would be like Jennifer Aniston so I mean, and Lintown Pisa. So it wouldn't make sense to logically to think about it. So if like, oh, no, I've got a fear of Jennifer but like, Aniston. But the like, pathway would went, be triggered, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, just because you think of those things. Yeah, so you're like, why am I just randomly scared of losing time with Pisa? And it's because in your brain it's associated <laughs> with Jennifer Aniston. It's one of those things like, I'm not scared of the Lunar Tower of Pisa, but I'm definitely aware of it and its existence. <laughs> I'm, I'm, aware, uh, I'm perpetually aware of its existence. I am wary of the Lunar Tower of Pisa. And, yeah, they uh, think about it. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Maybe at that point you would like talk yourself into it becoming a fear. Like you just wouldn't want to yeah. go there. You'd avoid You're like that why? Part of the why world. am I thinking about it? Maybe I. Maybe it, maybe I should be scared of it. Yeah, <laughs> and that gives it power. And, you Is know. it in the room with us right now? Spoiler for it. That's how it works. Uh, I wasn't listening to what you're saying, but I don't think I'm going to watch that anyway. Do you know I don't do well with horrors. Oh, Pennywise. Uh, it's the whole he's yeah. powered by people's fears. So if you're not scared, oh, of it, it's I see. Power. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they try and turn they 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 imagine him really hard as being this old decrepit little being, and then he turns into that being. Oh, because it's like, what do you think of? Because it, it feeds on fear, but it's like whatever you're thinking of, because it puts you in a, like a scary place, and then the brain automatically like floods with all the fears that you've got. So one of them is like being buried. Yeah. That's not a good one. No, not not an ideal one. Um, but let's talk about fight or flight for a little bit. Yeah, which is is actually called the trauma response. Oh, or, it's been upgraded. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was always the trauma response, but um, actually, no, it wasn't. It was always fight or flight, but they've categorized it as trauma response because they've added also for those that don't know, it's now fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. The fourth one is a bit controversial and they're still working on that one. Um, but I believe, and I agree with it being there because, yeah, like, okay, domestic abuse trigger, trigger warning. We're going to discuss it. In those situations where people feel that they are in immediate danger, so fawning specifically for this one is like you try to. Um, appease or like that area of what, what you're doing so that's what it means by fawn so in response to you feeling scared or in danger you then try and appease what what you think is going to happen so it's things like overly apologetic difficult to say no to certain situations excess flattery to the other person going out of your way to please the other person neglecting your own needs for said other thing or pretending to agree with. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That should definitely exist. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's called the form response. Yeah. It's, it's 
very new, um, but it's essentially you protect yourself through placation. I mean, of, yeah. Of a thing. Um, so that's, that's the new one, which is the, the last F. But the, the, the normal ones, you know, everyone knows fight or flight. That's if you're going to punch something or if you're going to run away really quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is you protect yourself through conflict. I don't think I've got a fight response because I don't, <laughs> I'm not confident that I can protect a myself in a fight. aversion to fighting. <laughs> you have a flight yes. or flighter response. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have either um, because I can't fight and I can only run about 20 meters <laughs> before I need an inhaler. Um, yeah. Actually, no, I can run a bit further than that. I, I left my hard drive at the Airbnb Mm-hmm. last week in spain and um <laughs> it was 30 degrees and i had 20 minutes 30 minutes to run back to the airbnb and then run to the bus stop i've never sweat so much in my life <laughs> um, oh made it though yeah. nice just nice. yeah just um that definitely triggered my fight or flight response and i went flight yeah that all helps. Yeah, it helps it definitely it helps. does help yeah. so we talk about trauma responses that's just how your body responds to a perceived danger or threat right and the third one that was what, what again what, sorry finish it off. fight f- f- fight 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 <laughs> freeze and oh, fall. okay yeah free that's de- yeah um, that's definitely one yeah yeah it's a an initial reaction that is triggered when there's a perception of, of an actual threat like an incoming car or a growling dog um which the freeze one it has like bodily yeah so this also came about because uh again bad situations that involving fear um when a very bad situation happens people like in law which i absolutely hate were like well why didn't you do anything yeah like why didn't you like fight back why didn't you attack your attacker like why didn't you do anything and that's why they were like okay we did more research freeze is a type of fight or flight that tries to protect you through disassociation at that time right so it's one of those things where you just your body becomes like rigid you become immobilized by the stress um it, it it can result in you being like making difficulty in making decisions or getting motivated to like do anything it's very much like a possum like if i don't do anything the threat can't hurt me kind of aspect yeah, as well imagine your body's not just so the, like, overloaded by like the cortisol and the adrenaline that's just sh- shot into your system that your mm-hmm. body's just like well the best thing to do right here is absolutely nothing it's like choice yeah. paralysis plus dissociation at the same time mm-hmm. yeah 100 and it's actually and out of all the, the trauma responses in the freeze you can actually have a decreased heart rate at that point again that makes sense like if you, if you think about like rabbits and deer if you're in the wood uh woods uh and you happen to come across like a deer wood. it's just the one wood actually <laughs> <laughs> it's a tree <laughs> if you're in ikea uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you like you see a deer and like they pop their head up and just stay perfectly still yeah like a deer in the headlights deer in the headlights that old, that good old saying. Uh, if yeah. your heart rate was going quicker it wouldn't do well for you staying still now yeah that, you know, you've said that in such a like plain way makes sense well, it makes 100% yeah. sense sometimes I can't get the words out but the theory is there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Uh then flights. So so we've uh okay like the, the the tendencies or the things that can happen in each trauma response. With the fight, which people don't people don't also don't realise a lot, crying can be a fight response. There is nothing more terrifying than someone absolutely bawling their eyes out coming to punch you. I mean Yeah. It's just like when like when you get like so angry or so aggressive you just cry. Yeah. Yeah, that can happen. Um, hands in fists, preparing to punch. <laughs> uh, flexed, tight jaw, grinding teeth. 
glaring. Oh yeah, fighting voice. Uh, like getting get, get his Hulk like, Hogan voice comes out. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> you go, you go down a couple of tones. Can you smell? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the desire to stomp, kick, smash with legs and feet. <laughs> okay. It's a weird way of yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I wasn't allowed to think the but actual it, thing. That's horrible, because, but uh, yeah. You, you, you do get it. Like, say you're like, frustrated or something's happened. You just want to kick something. But it's not the actual kicking. It's the desire to is the... the okay. Um, feelings of anger and rage, I think, is, is fair. Um, knotted stomach, nausea, and burning stomach. Which... Going back to the actual physical response that you talked about, like at the start, that like knotted stomach, burning stomach, is nausea. That is uh, your body like pumping the blood flow away from those areas because the, the blood is needed elsewhere for more important things because you're about to fight. Yeah. So a lot of body responses, especially in like stressful situations, will take blood and shut down other areas that aren't important at that time so they'll increase blood flow to the mm. brain to the heart to muscles blood flow um and this happens a lot like more extreme in like other animals so like they'll just stop digesting whilst these things are happening uh, which makes sense right you don't want to take that energy away from places it may be needed yeah I think it's honestly astounding is that's part of that whole situation. Your peripheral vision can increase. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that just extra so blood you, flow you, to the you eyes? Become, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but you'll get, yeah, well, yeah, because you're, you're, with all the drugs that are being pumped around your body, your pupils dilate. Yeah. They let in more light, which actually helps you to, your visual acuity is better because you can see better. But also you become more noticed like, of your peripherals, which is just... You know, tap into that all the all year yeah. round to get like, so I can like see when I'm being jumped on. Um, what I find mad is like <clears throat> increased anger and like you know these very like deep seated emotions that were like oh this is very human and uh, maybe I'm about to just go off the rails here, um, but like it's a very like deep seated like oh you know anger human emotion. Um, I mean it's definitely like in other animals as well, but like you just see like this kind of packet of adrenaline cortisol other systems that are going around can like trigger this response because it's helpful for you to be angry in that moment evolutionarily speaking right um like nine times out of ten if you're being attacked it's probably better to be angry than really happy about the situation um mm -hmm. so it's just absolutely wild to me that there's this inbuilt response to trigger certain emotions crazy yeah, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, pain perception is another one. Reduced pain perception. Okay, it's probably also helpful. Yeah. Uh, this one, I, I was like, it makes sense. Because you said the, the blood takes away from like useful areas. Um, the blood flow increases to major muscles. Yeah. So if, you, if you're talking about like your arms and legs, that's your, like your hamstring, um, your biceps. So it takes the blood away from your hands and your feet. So your feet might get cold. Oh, your hands might get cold. Get cold feet. So that's why if you're scared, you get you're getting cold feet. Oh. You know that saying, rooted in science. Um, your blood thickens. Not great for me, but <laughs> for other people out there, that's probably good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. When I when I get a flight, a flight, <laughs> flight or flight, my, I've got someone's like a blood thinners in my body. My body's just like I don't know what to do. I'm trying to thicken this blood here, but it's you not just happening. like turn to like normal people's blood. Whereas we've all got like yeah. blood jam reason, going around, blood jam. Yeah, the reason it does that is like if you get cut or something, it means that you won't just bleed out. the The blood will clot, and you'd be more like to stop the bleeding. Uh, by more of those platelets going on. Yeah, the platelets that'll come. Um, your hearing becomes sharper. Okay. Again, makes sense. So you can... Yep. Uh, your breathing speeds up to the more oxygen to your blood. Yeah. That's only in flight. Flight, you may restrict it. So you may decrease how effective your oxygen conversion is. Oh, really? When you need that for running? Yeah. No, this is for free. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you're like, boonk, and then you fall over, and then you can't breathe. 
which makes sense that if people are being like, I can't breathe and they're having a panic attack and they're freezing. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Makes sense. It does. Makes sense. Uh okay, but moving on to some of like the things with the symptoms. Okay. Flight response. Uh restless legs. So when you're like do you know when you're like shaking your leg and it's bouncing. That's just twenty four seven. You're ready to yeah, I, you know, that's more of a, an ADHD thing than a fire-flight <laughs> response thing. So, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anxiety and shallow breathing. Um, big darting eyes. Looking for escape plans. Uh, leg or feet movement. Uh, reported or observed fidgetiness, relentlessness, feeling trapped. I'm in a permanent state of feeling trapped, so I'm always <laughs> looking for my way out. <laughs> Deep. Not like emotionally <laughs> in my life, but I mean like I always need an escape route. And that even comes to like driving places. I'd rather drive myself and it'd be an absolute inconvenience for me if I know that I can leave <laughs> whenever I, I want. I 100% get that. Yeah, no, I get it. Like... So I'll make sure you haven't been drinking tonight. No, I'm driving. Oh, why are you driving? Why didn't you just get a lift with someone else? I'm like, no, I'm driving and I will not drink. That's fair. Um, sometimes that makes situations bearable. It makes it better when you know yeah, you can just go. Yeah, knowing you can just leave whenever. It, it elevates and then you end up that, just not like, leaving because you're having a good time. Yes. But. Yeah. And you think, oh, why don't I bother driving? Yeah. But at the same time, had you not driven, you would just have that in the back of your mind. That you have to stay there. That's true. So. Yeah, like, uh, it happened recently. Getting a ferry somewhere to go see, like, a park. The people that are involved in this situation know, I was like, I'd rather not go and get a ferry because I can't just leave whenever I want because then I have to wait for the ferry to be able to leave to get to my safe space. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Not keen. Yeah. Not keen. At least you know what drives drives your bubble. Oh, yeah, I'm very... I'm very... I'm I'm self-aware in my... Wanting to run away. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, also, sitting in the aisle and things, that's another one. That's well, at the cinema, one. like you're always in the aisle. Yeah, no, cinemas are all right because, uh, and we went to The View recently, there's a lot of space in front of you, so they put loads of space between seats because they're all recliners. Oh, they? So if I need to walk past people to get out, you can easily walk past people to get out. It's oh, great. Okay. Um, big fan of people being on view. Well, things like trains, planes, and automobiles. I don't think the aisle is going to help uh, you much in like... A plane. That thing's going down anyway. Oh yeah, no, it's just if I want to go to like the Louvre. Oh, that's fair. I, I don't like being like in the middle. Yeah, I always get like the window seat, and then I sit down. And I'm like, I really need a wee. I was gonna have to hold this now because I don't want to bother these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to be known as that guy that has to get up to give a receipt. Really, uh, really conscious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Uh, okay. <laughs> Freeze response. So this is. Um, Symptoms or the identifiers are feeling stuck in some part of the body, which is very metaphysical. Yeah. Uh, cold, numb, pale, stiffness, uh, heaviness, a sense of holding breath, restricting breathing, sense of dread, heart pounding, decreased heart rate. Like re- low and, and slow. Low and slow. And then we, we already covered the, the, the fawn response, which is over apologizing, um, excessive flattery. Neglecting one's own needs, which which is interesting, because I at university there was a woman on my course who I I would I would attribute a lot of those to the way that she was. Okay, and I'd always thought there was something. I don't know. I think if people in, get in life uh, a lot of if have people have a lot of social anxiety, social fear, they can be like yeah, that. I've definitely that. been like that when I was younger. Also, like those let's say behaviors are also very Mm. commonly associated with like domestic abuse and things like that. Yeah. Um, Mm. So it totally makes sense that it, you know, is the fourth F. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think it should be there for sure. Ah, okay. Moving on quickly. Innate fear and learned fear. Uh, Before the show, I talked about someone I was going to bring up that had uh, an innate fear, which is kind of a bit ridiculous because it would be a phobia. Um, which was um, crocodiles, alligators. Okay. But this person lived on the moors. (laughs) 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 Or like in an area that like you would, you would like never experience seeing or meeting 
an alligator. And I asked Grace, because she, she was the person that knows them, like, did they have like a bad experience of like an alligator growing up? And she's like, no. Just like, just out of phobia, just scared of alligators. And I was like, part of me wants to say, right, that it, it's fair. You should have a concern about being in the you presence of an alligator. Of alligators, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like not walking down the street and being like, oh, wonder if there's an alligator down there. Got to be careful. Got to be on my Yeah, is it an irrational? Like, wherever yeah. I go, I'm always ready to run away from an alligator. Um, yeah. Uh, and then in some like weird clash of fate, her family just like, let's go on a holiday to Florida. Which, if oh, you don't no. know, is <laughs> the states with the largest amount of alligators, possibly in the world, in, in terms of like how many alligators per mile yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you like the swamp did, did, and the mango? Did, 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 did they go? The swampage. Yeah, they went. She went. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Ruined, ruined one day for her. I think. I think it was the, the how, it, how it came back. But well, that's it, that's quite a good turnaround. Only one day ruined. Yeah, but like, you uh, if I because then then it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah. You're walking down the street and be like, then there'll be an Honestly, alligator. Uh, then yeah. you really no, would have to be. You'd be anxious the yeah. entire time. I mean, it kind of it definitely makes sense. Right, I'm just wondering where that came from. Did it come from watching like a documentary as a child? Oh, maybe like yeah. a crocodile maybe, maybe, taking yeah. down like a thing, and you're like, oh, that's terrifying. Like, I'm ne- I'm never going near water like, again. I was scared and had an irrational fear of the ceiling as a child. You did. One could say. But there's, but I think possibly, yeah, because I watched, <laughs> uh, I was exposed to Resident Evil. Oh dear, yeah, one, yeah. two on the Nintendo. We talked about this before, Nintendo sixty four, uh, with the I think they're called Lickers. Uh, I don't know, but I, okay, well, essentially they're like humans that have been turned inside out and they've got long tongues and they crawl across the ceiling, and then as like I don't know, an eight year old. I was terrified of the ceiling in the night because I was like, oh, the liquors are coming for me. Yeah, yeah. honestly, that's fair. That's Yeah, it's not I'm irrational just being like, oh, no, Again, by association, oh, yeah. you're just aware of the ceiling now. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. reason I had to, I went from like sleeping with the door open to being like, no, the door stays shut. Because <laughs> I just can't be dealing with it. There you go, parents. <laughs> if you want your child to get to sleep with the door shut, show them Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll work indeed um, indeed that's fair I don't, I don't know if i had like any particularly like irrational fears i think like vampires when i was younger i was like i ain't dealing with that that's fair do you know what if you didn't know that ex- if you're at the age where you don't know things don't exist due to life experience if someone explained a vampire to you you'd be like yeah i gotta watch out for these fuckers like yeah. they're gonna get me but, uh, like fire as well i think fire is and this may be a uk thing but there's a lot in like primary school and preschool where you've got to be like, safety. yes, be a, be, a, be afraid of the fire. Yeah. Here's how to be safe with the fire. Like drop, stop and roll. I've never had to want drop, stop and roll in my life. But if I ever was, like the, the, the training worked, I would know oh, what to do. Oh, you'd be so good at it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, also well, like... Plymouth, uh, so if it's ever fry, I just have to walk outside because it's permanently raining. Oh, that's not that bad, is it? Yeah. yeah yeah maybe you have your own little microclimate down there we do we really do like if you drive up to any of like round newton yeah there's like a line that if you just drive across it's just, like sunny oh, okay yeah that's fair um <laughs> on that the kind of vein of like irrational childhood fears mm-hmm. quicksand yeah i thought it was going to be Which... such a big part of my life but like indiana jones led me astray as well as all the cartoons. Which is, you can't actually die in, oh, you can if you put your head under, but you can't, the way that your body works and buoyancy works, you can't actually go under in quicksand. Isn't that the the fallacy? But yeah, that is the fallacy. I I don't think quicksand actually exists. No, no, it does. Quicksand does exist. exist. Okay, but not in the the realm that we imagine it to. Yeah. Like I saw this recently. You get stuck in it and you're like, no, but no, it does. That does happen. Like the way that it is in the movies. Okay. Um, the issue being is like that's wet quicksand. Dry quicksand, however, you can just uh, like so a silo full of grain. If you fell into, you would die very quickly. Oh, really? 
Oh yeah, because you would you would as you went further down, you would both drown and also be crushed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's um, a nasty way to go. Yes, because uh, it's in a it's a it's irrational American, fear unlocked. Uh, it's in those Achievement. American shows when they were like, "Oh, he's dying," and he falls into the grain. There's also two from that same show where someone falls in a, in a vat of chocolate. Willy Wonka. No, it's the it's the it's the crime TV show. Um, uh, NCIS they, they or something people. like that. No, it, not crime. They rescue people. They are like medics and stuff. Okay. And one of the things someone falls in, and they have to have like emergency response. Maybe maybe that's what it's called. I'm like, how do we get it out? How do we get them out? We can't pull them out. The chocolate's too thick, and they just end up adding like loads of fat to the butter, a uh, fat to the butter, butter to the chocolate. Chocolate. And it makes it yeah. More, more, more like slippery, and he gets up. Oh, okay, fair. So, but yeah, can't actually drown in quicksand. Like quicksand. Yeah, I just said here uh, because it's denser than we are. So, just starfish, like when you're in the ocean and you starfish yeah, and you float, you just starfish. starfish. Yeah, even if you just starfish like out normally, you'll eventually like fall backwards and your legs will come up. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing I was going to talk about, but over the the the, minute, the hour. Is um the lady, the American woman, American woman. That is a song, uh, called SM. Okay, who had a particular peculiar type of brain damage that essentially destroyed her the amygdala. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Uh, complete bilateral amygdala. Amygdala destruction since late childhood as a consequence of Ubank Wythe disease, uh, dubbed by the media as the woman with no fear. She was extensively studied uh, for scientific research and she helped researchers um, elucidate the function of the amygdala and what it actually did. Because before then, they were like, I wonder what it does, but now it has destroyed. And she was like, No, nah, I'm not scared of anything. And they were like, <laughs> Walk around the house, and the scientists were like, Boo, jumping out of her. And she was like, Mate, I ain't scared. I ain't scared. You can't scare me. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's it's, the crazy it's... thing, like with science nowadays. Now we're not allowed to do little Albert experiments, which is good, by the way. Um, <laughs> like, the way that you have say to... these things sometimes, I'm like, Is he, does he really think it's good? <laughs> um, like, we just have to wait for someone's brain to not function properly and study the yeah. difference right because so there's, there's, ha- there's her there's the guy that can't feel pain or is that woman? oh i don't know yeah there was there was there was there was also another person that couldn't feel pain because another part of their brain got destroyed for and again for other, other reason and they just weren't be able to weren't able to sense anything that sounds good but also terrible yeah, there's it's what heroes. It's heroes, and it's also in another superhero thing. And they're like, I can't feel anything at all. Yeah, just completely numb. Yeah, one of them's the bad guy in that series, but then in the other series, she's the good guy. Which I thought was quite okay. interesting because his thing was like he's trying to. Oh wait, no, it's was <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Who does he play? What's the dead Deadpool? Deadpool, yeah, the, one of the bad guys in Deadpool, the first one, is trying to either get powers or lose powers because something messed up and he can't feel pain. Oh, right, and yeah. that's the whole thing he's fighting at the end is like, oh, you can punch me, I don't care, I can't feel pain. But like, he breaks his hand and stuff, it's not like invincible. Yeah. He's just like, oh, this is fine, I'll just break it back into place and continue fighting. Damn. Yeah. Fair, fair. All right. Shall we uh, call yeah, it a day cool. there? We'll round this out now. We've talked. We have talked about fear. It doesn't feel like we've talked about fear much, but we have. We have. Uh, we have indeed talked about fear. Some irrational fear. Some mm-hmm. linked fear. Yeah. Learnt. Um, but there was like stuff like the the fight or flight and the the two new Fs, freeze and fawn. Yes. That is current research. That's good there. Yeah. The, 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 I think the freeze has been there for a few years now, but the fawn is definitely like new. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Mm. All right. That'll bring us to a wrap then. Don't forget to <laughs> share this with your friends, families, co-workers, scientists, anyone with an irrational fear. 
feel free to send it in. Twitter at InfoEntropyPod. TikTok is the same. Instagram, InformationEntropyPod. And of course, whichever directory you're listening to this on right now, if you give us a rating, a like, a follow, whatever it is, we'd appreciate that absolutely massively. Thanks to everyone who has done so, so far. We see you. We appreciate you. And yeah, this has been the Information Entropy Podcast. Anything uh, else to add there, mate? Uh, no. Uh, awesome of sauce. Us? Is that, is <laughs> it, can we make our own phobia? No. No, no. We appreciate I'm always you aware of you. Wherever Me. I go, yeah. Aww. Not, not for not, afraid, not, not, oh, just not aware. in a cute way? Like, no. Like in a, I'm always like a ready out. to run away from you <laughs> wherever I am. Uh, Grace, I think she says that about me because uh, she always says that I jump, like I sneak up on her. And right. like I'm, I think I'm currently like 14 and a half stone. I'm quite, I'm quite broad and quite heavy set. I lumber about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't try and mask my footsteps. So every time I walk in a room and she's like, oh, I'm like, how can you? Like, I'm a big person. I'm also a big body that moves around. <laughs> like, I'm doing no sneaking with my silhouette here. Uh, so I think Grey's always has that in the back of her mind. He's like, is Mitchell coming? Is, is, is he like Just walking the around? existential Mitchell <laughs> yeah, fear. Yeah. That's fair. I, I can see that. Right. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch Thank you guys much. on the flip. Peace. Ciao for now.